And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. Well, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Hello, this is Father Louis Skirty. Today is the second Sunday of Lent. What are you doing? How are you doing? And are you praying, fasting, abstaining, giving, doing something for Jesus towards celebration of his holy resurrection that makes us who we are? Today is the transfiguration of Jesus in the scriptures. Let's see how that affects us during the homily. Thank you for joining us and pass this on to your family and friends. And let me hear from you, Father Lou Skirty at Hotmail.com. God bless you. As we continue our Lenten journey, we encounter the transfigured Christ. In his glory, Jesus embodies our future life, just as Abraham's future was promised by God. All we need is faith. Lord Jesus, beloved of God, you are the light that dispels the darkness of sin and death. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, beloved of God, you are the Savior of the world. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, beloved Son of God, you are the way that leads to eternal life. Lord, have mercy. May the mercy and forgiveness of God be ours as we begin our prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them to a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with them. When Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. And from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, o Lord, o Lord. 
you all got here on time today, right? Did you do it? You sprung ahead. Spring ahead. Good jumping off point for us today. Last night at 2 o'clock, traditionally, the clocks are pushed up ahead, but we probably did it in the afternoon before we went to bed. And I think we have a challenge today in the scriptures to spring ahead with the scriptures. Spring ahead through prayer, through giving alms, through fasting. To spring ahead toward the resurrection when all of us can be transfigured in Christ as we heard in today's gospel. Each Sunday during Lent brings us one step closer to the resurrection, the the historical celebration of the resurrection, because it already happened once. And we live in the resurrection, very important for the Christian. But each Sunday, as we read the scriptures, we'll read about the women at the well, we'll read about the blind man, we'll read about today, Abraham being sent by God, we hear about Jesus' transfiguration, even the story of Lazarus. Every Sunday brings us closer to celebrating by springing us ahead focusing us on the resurrection of Jesus. And we hear in the scriptures, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So we need to spring ahead toward the resurrection with Jesus in trust. In a sense, Lent is like our rehearsal to spring ahead to the holy resurrection, to eternal life. Should we set up a tent like Peter says? Let's stop you know, look at what's around and do it here? No, that's not what the Christian does. We don't stop. We don't, we don't set our tent here. The tent has already been set up, Jesus himself. And in him we live. So, so our direction is not to be static as Christians, but our direction is to spring ahead, focusing on the resurrection of Jesus, focusing on the Christ of our lives, focusing on his presence in our lives. We commemorate the transfiguration, but we can look at and hear the voice of the Father. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Because as we're moving along, we're not alone. The Father's with us. And the Father's encouraging us to spring ahead with Jesus. That image of the Father speaking, we, we used it both at a stained glass window that I designed for our chapel, and we use it also as our logo for our, our internet site, Friends of the Word. And in the center of the stained glass, beautiful stained glass, is a triangle representing God with the hand of God, pointing, pointing down. So the image is, is that God the Father directs us to the Son, and we who have the Son are outward directed to bring the Son to others through evangelization, through prayer, through, through so many ways. And the Holy Spirit sows within us the energy to do that. So it works together that God the Father, Son, and Spirit are with us, especially during the season of Lent, as we open ourselves up to the presence of God. Francis, our Pope, reminds us that the Eucharist is not a prayer for the perfect, but medicine for the weak. So so during this season of Lent, we need to go inward. We need to change. We need to reconcile ourselves with God and with each other. Francis also says, 
Lent is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God within our hearts. Be there at the transfiguration when Peter, James, and John saw Jesus. I mean, really saw Jesus. I mean, they knew Jesus the rabbi. They were walking with him, working with him, eating with him, doing miracles with him. But now they saw him in a different light, God's light. I mean, think, think of the first time you experienced God in your life. Maybe as a child, maybe at a sacred moment, maybe at a sad moment. But experience God. Go back to that for a second. How has that affected you? How has that, that influenced your whole life? Because once you experience God, you know he's with you. And you could echo the words of, of the Father, listen to him. Of course, sometimes life gets in the way and blinds us and covers our eyes and our faith to the presence of God in our world. So it's important for us, as Peter, James, and John did, to experience Jesus and to remember it. Now, like Peter, James, and John, we screw up too. Okay, they saw God, Jesus, flood with light. They heard the voice of God come over them and, and speak to them. First impression, great. Did it fade? They did deny him. They did run away. They were nowhere to be found during the trial. But they saw Jesus in the glory of God. So even our special moments with God, sometimes ourselves get forward, forwarded and, and we, we put God aside and we forget. Think of the first time you made a decision in your life for a vocation, marriage or priesthood or anything else, or the, first, the, the person that you knew you want to spend the rest of your life with. Think of, think of what that experience was like. Go back to it for a second. Go back and, and realize how important that was. And it was very similar to this, this vision, wasn't it? It was fast. You had the experience. It lasted maybe a day, a week, a month. And then you went back to life with him or her or the vocation of your choice. See, we get ordinary, that's, but that's all right. As long as we don't forget the foundation of our, our vocation, whether it was to a relationship, whether it was to a, a, a ministry, whether it was to a, a, being a parent, the vocation is always with us as we hear the voice of God telling us, listen, don't forget, I called you, I gave you this person for your life, I gave you this call for your vocation, I gave you these children. Sometimes we... You know, like the kids do. Blah, 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 blah. We don't hear it. And yet, and yet we're in good company. Because what, what did Jesus do? After the cross, the denial, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. He didn't come back with vengeance to those that he depended on. He didn't come back and say, ah, now I'm going to get you. you. You denied me. You forgot. You didn't know where I was, who I was, who I was with. They were taking me away, crucifying me, and now I'm going to come back and get you? No, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus comes back and gives them his spirit. He gives them his love. He gives them his forgiveness. Then 
after the resurrection experience, then it all comes back. Then the transfiguration that we read about comes back into their minds and hearts. Then they are willing to preach him, to die for him, to share his word. Transfiguration was a highlight, a climax. But it wasn't high enough. It wasn't climax enough. The resurrection sure was. The fact that he came back makes all the difference in the world. And he comes back with forgiveness, comes back with love, comes back with the message of the Father, listen to him, ringing in their ears. Now, their years of walking with him and, and doing miracles with him and eating with him and hanging out with him and being persecuted for him, it all comes back. You see, even Jesus, Son of God, enlightened by the Father, transfigured before our eyes, even Jesus had to suffer. There, theologically, there are so many, so many renditions and versions, and one better than the other, you might say, as to why he had to suffer. He grasped it all. He grasped life. and was rejected. And in that rejection, he knew he was obeying the Father to be the covenant. This, this story is on, on mountain that Matthew tells us. Don't forget, mount, mountain and Matthew are very important. Matthew in his gospel is very reminiscent of the Old Testament appreciation for symbolism. And on mountaintops is where people meet God. Think of Sinai, think of Elijah. The, uh, it's the mountaintop where people and God get together. And on the mountaintop, Jesus is transfigured. The bright light of the Father is exposed and shared with Peter, James, and John. That's a difference in their lives. So even this guy, this son of God, this Messiah, this, this in, in, in Daniel's words, son of man, the ultimate guy, becomes a bond between life and eternal and life temporal. He lives his physical life, embraces it all, and gives it over to the Father and says, okay, I want all of these people to follow me to you, Father. Show me the way. And he puts them on the cross because, not only because it stays there, because the cross represents all the suffering that you and I will experience in our lives. He gives it over to the Father. The Father resurrects him. He comes back and gives us the message. How to follow him. How to follow him in, in our own lives through all the, 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 the conflicts and challenges that, that face us, whether it's life, death, sickness. He comes back and he asks us to remember the words of the Father, listen to him. And he does what the Father wanted him to do. He forgave. He gave love. Don't forget that, that message of John. God is love. When you give love, you're giving God. Jesus comes back and gives love, gives forgiveness, gives reconciliation to the ones that screwed him, the ones that denied him. You can't do the same. You can't forgive. We have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves as we're springing ahead during the season of Lent, 
Who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to reconcile myself with? What do I need to abstain or fast from? What are the intentions of my prayer? And how often do I speak to God in prayer? This gospel offers us a a challenge to spring ahead during this holy season of Lent. We've got to remember as Catholics, we have a checkered history. But don't forget, we are, in our humanity, the body of Christ on earth. The full body of Christ is the transfigured body of Christ, God. So we're not there yet completely. So as a church, we make mistakes. We have scandals. As a church, we make mistakes in this world. And our mistakes so often give rise outside the church to agnosticism and atheism. Because we're held to a high standard. Oh, you represent God. You, you pray. You go to church on Sunday. And look how the church, not only individually, but that, that's certainly a, a part of the, the, the puzzle. But as a church, think of the Crusades. Hundreds of years of blood and fighting and greed, all with a good intention that it started with in God's name. Look at the church today suffering in Ireland with the discovery of hundreds of children's bodies that were never given proper burial at a religious site, a convent in Tuam, outside of Galway. You don't think that's a scandal? You don't think that's a cross for the church? But you and I are the church. That's our cross. Whether it's any scandal in our parishes or any scandal in our neighborhood related to our church, that's the cross that we need to rise up with. We need to go through it with the blood on his hands and, and the blood on his side and dripping down from his head with the thorns. Jesus went through it and God said, listen to him. Now it's our turn. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. What, well, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. 
today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.